بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ولسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ tonight is the 24th of October in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 18th night that we're going through the exalted and illustrious life of our beloved mother Sayyidah Khatija bint Khuwaylid radiyallahu and I spent most of the session last night highlighting some of the reports indicating her immense rank and in summary she's one of the few women who's who were complete i.e. whose iman was outstanding and in another report the prophet mentioned the best of the people's women and he mentioned four one being khatija radiyallahu in another report he sallallahu alaihi wasallam said sufficient for you amongst the women of all nations and one of them was khatija radiyallahu and in another report the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the best amongst the women of paradise and one of them was khatija radiyallahu so the next section again part of her rank is entitled the lord of the worlds subhanahu wa ta'ala give salam to our beloved mother radiyallahu another awesome honor unique honor for our beloved mother radiyallahu is that the lord of all the worlds himself subhanahu wa ta'ala offered salam to her so where is this mentioned in sahih bukhari number 3820 in the chapter on the merits of the ansar sahih muslim mishkat volume 4 number 48 in the chapter on rasulullah's wife sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyidina abu huraira radiyallahu anhu he relates jibril alayhi salatu wasalam he once came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said here is khadija radiyallahu coming to you with a dish having meat soup When she reaches you, greet her on behalf of her Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and also on my behalf. And in addition, give her the glad tidings of having a palace made of qasab in paradise, wherein there will neither be any noise or any toil. So let's look at it. So this is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So... Khatija is coming to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with some food stuff. Meat soup, some food and drink. So she's not with the Prophet at the time sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Jibreel alayhi salatu wa sallam says, when she does come to you, the first unique honor, give her the Lord of the world salam. Subhanallah. Allah the Almighty and Glorious gives her salam. Then give her my salam. And the third honor, give her the great glad tidings of a palace made of qasab in paradise, where there will be neither noise nor any toil. And I'll explain what qasab is. Sure. So this is the first report. Our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu also testified to Sayyida Khatija radiyallahu receiving the great glad tidings of this blessed palace. Refer to Sayyid Bukhari, number 3816 to 17. As did Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa radiyallahu anhu refer to Sahih Bukhari number 
So the hadith which mentions that she's been given this amazing palace is mentioned in Bukhari by different chains. So it's, a, it's not only authentic, it's reaching the level of Tawata. So these hadith are recorded in Bukhari, adding details. When our mother arrived, radiyallah, and she was given this incredible honor, her response was, Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-salam himself. Dus, peace be upon Jibreel, alayhi salatu wasalam, and the mercy of Allah and his blessings. This is recorded in Nasai, and Shaykh al-Ahadith, Mawlana Muhammad Idris Khan Rahlibi, rahmatullahi, in his Seerat al-Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa volume 3, page 288 of the English translation. In another wording, our beloved mother Khatija responded, radiyallahu, he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is as-salam, and salam is from him, and peace be upon Jibreel, alayhi salatu wa salam. This is recorded in Tabarani, and Seerat al-Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa volume 3, page 288 of the English translation. And in another report, there is the addition from our beloved mother, and peace be upon all those who hear this salam, except for shaitan. And peace be upon all those who hear this salam except for shaitan. This is in Ibn As-Sini and Seerat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 3, page 288 of the English translation. So these are the reports. So now the commentary. So a question arises. When was this awesome and unique honor given to our beloved mother? So is that important? So it's it's not, it doesn't make any difference when it was, but it adds to the majesty. So when was this honor given to our mother? So Mawlana Manzur Nu'mani, he said, Rahmatullah, in Ma'rifal Ahadith, volume 4, page 469 of the New English Translation, Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, Rahmatullah, he suggests, on the basis of a narration of Tabarani, that the arrival of Jibreel referred to followed his first arrival at the cave in Hira. Mm. We also learn from this that Rasulullah's seclusion in the cave in Hira had not come to an end after the first meeting and after the prophethood. Mm. Also, it is beyond comprehension that Rasulullah should suddenly give up the practice of seclusion to which he was accustomed for a long period and during which he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was thus during one of these visits of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the cave that Jibreel came alayhi salatu wa sallam and informed him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Sayyidah Khatija radiyallahu was bringing him provision and asked him to convey to her greeting from her Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and from himself. So, what do the respected scholars mention? This was when Rasulullah was in the cave of Hira. Now think about that. You will never have deduced that from the hadith in Bukhari. In fact, you probably get the impression that the Prophet's in his own dwelling. You know, so you think that, you think, okay, she's making some food, so he's probably waiting in his dwelling. How far you are from the mark? He's in the cave. So that the question goes to the mind, but if he's in the cave, but that was only one off, wasn't it? The answer is no, another mistake. Your own version of Islam. The scholars state 
do you honestly believe he believe he stopped that sunnah whenever he started something he continued with it so this was after the first revelation and how holy is that cave think about that even once is enough if somebody goes in that blessed cave the first revelation came to the prophet more than enough but the fact that he went again and again and khatija went again and again to that cave shows it's a tremendous honor and then the report mentions that when she was bringing so look how touching like i mentioned what's the distance from the dwelling to the cave it's a 2 hour trek so when she's bringing food it wasn't just like you know from one living room to the front room as they say astaghfirullah you know she's she's actually prepared the food maybe maybe you know making sure that the heat doesn't you know be taken away from it so she's going through a lot of effort so keeping that in mind it adds to the majesty of the report now because she's going through all the effort out of love for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so allah taala was greatly pleased with this also maulana manzur nu'mani he said rahmatullah in mariful ahadith volume 4 page 470 of the new english translation note she was a respectable rich an aged woman yet she did not mind preparing food for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and carrying it to him at the cave hira which was about 3 miles from makkah and it was a toilsome climb up to it that would tax even a strong man so i've been up there alhamdulillah it's not an easy trek you know it's actually a quite a steep uh, climb and this is without taking anything up you just i'm just going to go to the cave and we drove to the base of the mountain we didn't walk from makkah so the sheikh goes this 3 miles so imagine you walk 2 two, two and a half miles then you got to ascend maybe a mile or so so again she didn't mind that she didn't ask one of her servants imagine okay i've cooked the food that's enough honor then give some honor to the servants let them get the reward no she personally carried the food and that also must have greatly pleased allah subhanahu wa ta'ala secondly note how our loving lord subhanahu wa ta'ala granted her a palace made of qasab in paradise where there is no noise or weediness why for she always provided the same for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam hafiz ibn asakir he explained rahmatullah qasab in this hadith is hollowed out pearl as vast as a lofty castle according to ling- linguists a hollow bone with marrow in it is called qasaba Sharik ibn Abdullah rahmatullahi said in his explanation of this hadith it is made of gold it is possible that he meant it is a hollow structure of gold like a castle this is recorded in ibn asakir in his arba'in on the memorable qualities of the mothers of the believers number 4 in his commentary so note again if you look just at the hadith in bukhari what does qasab mean so you 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 totally at the mercy of the translator so if he translates it incorrectly you've missed everything so what is qasab so qasab ibn asakir said is a hollowed out pearl so now think about that when you hollow out a pearl doesn't it lose value so straight away you know you're thinking why is it hollowed out so the response is something immense is being placed within it if it was a complete pearl you can't put anything within it it has to be hollowed out So Allah has hollowed out a pearl for her and it's as vast as a lofty castle. So when you think of a pearl, obviously, you just help think of, you know, you put it on your neck, you know, 
But the problem is, is how big is this castle? Allah Allah knows. And Shadiq ibn Abdullah, he said it is made of gold. So a pearl is a pearl made of gold. It doesn't make any sense. Pearl is pearl because it's made of gold. And he goes, maybe it is a hollow structure of gold, like a castle. Hafiz Sohaili, he commented upon it, Rahmatullah, in Rawdul Unuf and Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 2, page 89 of the English translation. He said, only announced good news of her having a palace in paradise of Qasab because she had won the Qasab, the first prize to Iman. In addition, there was to be no discord or distress there because she never raised her voice to Rasulullah. Never once caused him trouble or was discordant with him and never harmed him. Subhanallah. So, Hafiz Suhaili, he's a famous muhaddith and a historian, he wrote a work called Raud al Unuf and he said another meaning of Qasab. Qasab means you win the race, you've got the first prize. So, he said, because she had won the first prize to what? Iman. He was the first to get Iman. So he goes, this is why Allah gave her a qasab. And then it says, why did the Prophet then mention no discord or distress in that palace? Every palace in paradise has no discord or distress. You know, you can't even say that there's going to be a place in paradise. So why did the hadith mention that? And the response is, because she's giving her, getting her reward, because she never caused any distress to the Prophet. She never caused any distress, so no discord. So a person goes, well, where's the honor in that? Mm-hmm. Every palace has no discord or distress. And the response is, the Prophet said, for instance, the Prophet said, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah is a treasure from the treasures of paradise. Mm-hmm. So this hadith is in Tabarani. So isn't everything in paradise a treasure? <laughs> so when the Prophet talks like this, he's saying there's something special about that treasure. Mm-hmm. It's not a normal treasure. So when the Prophet said, when the Hadith mentions here, no discord or no distress, it means it's not a normal palace, even though you're talking about paradise. Everybody's palace in paradise will have no, it's something special given to Khadija because of what she, uh, how she served Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa This palace is described further. Sayyida Fatima radiyallahu she asked, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa where is my mother Khadija radiyallahu he said, Allah said, in a palace made of hollow pearl. I then asked, where is this pearl? He said, Allah said, it is not like the kind of pearls which are strong as pearls and rubies, i.e. in this world. It is something indescribable. This is in Tabulani in his Osa. So now Fatima being the daughter of the Yadlaka, she naturally wanted to know. So she asked, where is my mother? The Prophet mentioned that pearl. Now, what's interesting? This indicates she's there now. Because you could argue, this is maybe after the Day of Judgment. But the Prophet said, was asked, where is my mother? He didn't say she's in the barza. He said she is in a palace made of hollow pearl. Mm. Then she asked, she wanted geography, Fatima, because where is this pearl? So the Prophet cut to the chase, he says, like you don't even like we'd say you don't even understand this pearl. <laughs> this pearl is not like a pearl of this world. So why are you asking about the geography? 
Bod in another report, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhu, Mariyallahu anhu, Mariyallahu anhu, Mariyallahu anhu, Mariyallahu anhu, I saw her besides a river in paradise, in a palace made of reeds, where there was no noise or hardship. This is in Abu Ya'la, in his Musnad, is Hassan, and Al-Bidayah. So what does it mean? The Prophet saw her besides the river. This means that either in a dream or when he entered paradise on the uh, night of Mihraj. And he saw her besides the river. So there's the details now. We know something about the pearl. It's next to a river. Mm. So note again, don't think of rivers of the world. You know, your mind can't help you because that's the only thing you can you know, use as an analogy. What the river is, Allah Ta'ala knows. And it, then he said, a palace made of reeds. So now, what does that mean? Reeds, we know what reeds are. Well, maybe these are referring to the drapes. You know, they get the curtains and the re- resembling, and green is a favored color in paradise. So maybe he was re- referring to the, the embroidery and the, uh, the furniture. Allah Ta'ala knows best. And similarly, believe it or not, Khatija herself asked about this. Now, that's fascinating. She once asked, What is this palace of gold reeds, Ya Rasulullah? He said, a hollow pearl between the palace of Maryam, daughter of Imran, and the palace of Asiya, daughter of Muzahim, were also my wives. This is in Ibn Asakir al-Bidayah. So when was this, uh, when, when did she ask? She asked this on her deathbed. Right? So the Prophet was telling her, so she did, it's not as if she didn't know. She knew what Allah Ta'ala had promised her. But she wanted clarification. Because what is this palace of gold reeds? Now what the Prophet said is really mind-boggling. Mm. The Prophet Wasallam said, it is a hollow pearl between the palace of Maryam and Asiya. Mm. So you got the palace of Maryam, and you got the palace of Asiya. They've also got palaces. He goes, yours is in the middle. Mm. Then he said, they are also my wives. Maryam is my wife and Asiya. In another report, our beloved messenger informed his daughter Fatima, Jibreel has informed me. Khatija is in paradise between Salah and Maryam. Khatija is in paradise between Salah and Maryam. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn Jarir al-Tabri in his booklet, The Virtues of the Mothers of the Believers, page 91 of the English translation. So like I mentioned, Hafiz ibn Jarir wrote many works. His most famous is the Tafsir. But he wrote a work on the Fadail, the virtue of the mothers of the believers. And he actually mentioned other mothers that people are not aware of. Who did he mention is also mothers? Maryam. Because the Prophet mentioned she's my wife. And also Asiya. So what's interesting, if you look at the list of the four perfect women, three of them are the Prophet's wives. One is his daughter. But notice the humility of the Prophet. He didn't like, you know, boasting about his own greatness. So why is Sarah mentioned? So who is Sarah? Good. Right? So Ibrahim his first wife was Sarah. And famously, they didn't have children. So she was the one who said, why don't you take uh, your maidservant, Bibi Hajar, as, you know, take her as your wife. Maybe Allah Ta'ala will bless you with children from her. And then that's exactly what happened. He took Bibi Hajar as his wife, 
she gave birth to Ismail. So Sara, obviously, you know, she was thinking, I'm very happy for my husband. But in her heart, she was aching. Allah Ta'ala then honored her, not only with a son, but with a grandson. The glad tidings was, you will be given a son called, and his name was Ishaq, and he will be given a son called Yaqub. Now think about that. She's not even pregnant. <laughs> What's the glad tidings? You're going to have a son. <laughs> and he was going to have a son. They were both prophets. So she was honored above Isma, uh, Bibi Hajar. Because she was honored to have a Rasul, but he was honored to have two sons. Uh, two prophets. <laughs> so Sarah obviously deserves this honor. So she's also being given an honorable residence in paradise in the same area. So let's put this in summary. The blessed palace of our beloved mother is number one, made from a hollow pearl unknown to mankind, possibly also made of gold because of what the scholars have mentioned. Why is she given that? Because she was first past the post, Kasaba. Where is it situated? Between Maryam, Sarah and Asiya's palaces. Now look how interesting that is. All three of these noble ladies are from different ears. So paradise is a place where everybody comes together. So in timeline, who is the oldest? It's Sada. Because she was the wife of Ibrahim. Next comes Asiya. Because she was the wife of Philon. And finally comes Maryam. But they're all together. And Khatija, of course, you know, was the last to enter. Number three, it is overlooking one of the magnificent and beautiful, most serene rivers of paradise. Mm. Subhanallah. So again, note, she was given salam by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She was given salam by Jibreel alayhi And she was specifically promised this unique palace eye in paradise. Mm. So now, another lesson the scholars take from these reports is the superior understanding of Khatija radiyallahu So how do they deduce her superior understanding? Because who was the first to give salam to her? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it wajib to return the salam? Yes. Yes. So why didn't she return the salam? Because he is the source of salam. Who... Years later, made the same made the mistake which Khadija did not. So when the tashahud was uh, given by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the companions they 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 gave salam to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So the, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allah Taala is a salam because you don't give salam to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and then he gave them the tashahud. Khadija did not make that mistake. Now what's interesting, normally the one who does not make the mistake, he's got the benefit of the one who's made the mistake, so he doesn't make it. But Khadija came before this incident. So when Allah Ta'ala gave her salam, she said he is a salam. So Allah Ta'ala was actually highlighting to all of us, she has a great understanding. And the proof is she's not going to return my salam because you don't return my salam. So what did she say? She did not reply, and upon him be peace, as was the case with some of the companions. 
The Prophet said, Allah Ta'ala is salam. Say greetings belong to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Those Khatija by the soundness of our understanding knew that Allah the Almighty does not have the word peace and they replied to him. As creatures do for peace is one of the names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this shows our understanding. Shaykh al-Ahadith, Mawlana Muhammad Idris Khan Dahlawi, he clarified, Hafiz ibn Qayyim says, that for Allah the Almighty to convey his salam to someone is a virtue and merit that is enjoyed by none other than Khatija radiyallahu. No one shares her in this merit. This is in Sirat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 3, page 289 of the English translation. So, so let's look at this. Is there any other female whom Allah has given salam to? No. Mm. Not a, no the closest you get is Aisha. But it was Jibreel who gave her salam. The hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari. Jibreel goes, give her my salam. So you, some scholars, they say, well, Jibreel doesn't work of his own accord. So his salam is just as good as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fine. But if you look at the hadith of Khatija, Jibreel said, Allah Ta'ala gives her salam and give her my salam. So the scholars say there's a difference. Because otherwise, using the same logic, it's like Allah Ta'ala has given salam twice. So the ulama say that if you take that route, that understanding, then she's got two salams from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. One from Allah Ta'ala directly and one from Jibreel indirectly. So Aisha was given it through Jibreel. So nobody has that. But there is another companion who Allah has given salam to. Who is that? Abu Bakr. When did he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, give Abu Bakr salam? Radiyallahu. Because when according uh, his condition, he, he was wearing the Basically, very simple clothes. Yes. Why, why was he wearing very because simple clothes? Because he everything in the path of Allah. Yeah. And why was there a thorn holding his shirt together? That's, that, he's given everything. That's all he, he can afford, he basically. Good. So, the hadith. Now, this this is important to highlight. The hadith of salam for Khatija is in Bukhari and Muslim. The hadith of the salam for Abu Bakr Siddiq is in Tabarani. And there's discrepancy over whether it's authentic. So you have to mention that. So some scholars say no. That's why Ibn Qayyim says only one person has been given this honor. Why did he say that? Because he wasn't happy with the authenticity of the report of Abu Bakr radiallahu. Other scholars say no, the hadith of Abu Bakr is sound, such as Imam Sayyuti. So leaving that to one side, the report, just the gist of it, um, Jibreel descends, and Abdullah ibn Umm narrates the hadith radiallahu and Jibreel asked the Prophet why do I see Abu Bakr in the condition he's in, wearing a very poor shirt with a thorn? And look how touching. The Prophet doesn't even ask Abu Bakr. So look at their relationship. He just answered on, on his behalf. He goes, oh, he spent everything before the victory. And this is important. Why did Rasulullah not just say he spent everything? Why did he say he spent everything before the victory. Distinction. Why is there, what's, what's the distinction there? Because when you've got power, it's much easier to do things. When you're, so, 
subjugated, it's much more difficult. Good. So those who spent when Islam was not dominant, Allah says clearly in the Quran, those of you who fought and spent before the victory are greater than those who did so after. The victory is the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, according to a hadith in Bazaar. So, just as a side point, which category does Khadija fall into? <laughs> so think about it. You know, we don't realize how much he's spending her wealth. We think, mashallah, what a woman she was, but really you haven't done any justice. She spent everything well before the victory. She didn't even do the hijrah. So Abu Bakr, the Prophet said, he spent everything before the victory. And just to add the significance here, the Prophet he once told Khalid bin Walid who had argued with Abdul Rahman ibn Awf under the ten. He goes, Oh Khalid, even if you had spent a mountain of gold in the path of Allah, you could not equate to a mud or half of the mud of the companions. So simply put, what the Prophet said here in Imam Ahmad's Musnad is that you can't match it even if you give a ridiculous amount. So he told Khalid bin Walid, imagine the sword of Allah. If you give a mount, it's impossible to give a mountain of gold. Even if you had that ability and they give a handful of dates, they're better than you. So you can't say, well, no, but this person gave millions and millions and billions and the Sahaba gave a, you know, a couple of grand. You, you can't use that logic. So anyway, when Jibreel heard this, he then said to the Prophet he goes, Allah the Almighty and Glorious gives salam to Abu Bakr. And he asks, he wants you to ask him, is he happy in that condition? Is he content? So Rasulullah turns and he gives the great glad tidings to Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr wept. And then the Prophet said, Allah is asking you, are you happy in this condition? Meaning, maybe you're hurt. Because he was one of the most influential, wealthiest businessmen. You've got nothing now. And Abu Bakr Siddiq said three times, How could I be discontent with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I am happy with my Lord. I am happy, I am happy. So this is the report. So Abu Bakr also is given the honor, leaving aside the discrepancy. So only two, we can say with certainty, have been given the salam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that also highlights their superior status. So nobody would contest, you know, I'll mention that tomorrow, inshallah, who could possibly contest Khatija amongst the females. And nobody can contest Abu Bakr amongst the males. So again, note, and they were both Siddiqs, Siddiqiyah, Khatija, Siddiq, Abu Bakr. So they were the highest levels of Iman, which is a bit obvious. So note again here, this is part of her greatness. The reason I separated it, because you need an entire session on that. If somebody goes, what's this salam? Now, if you look at the tashahud, At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibatu As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin What did our beloved mother say? She returned the salam. Now, even at that point when she's given that unique honor, she still thought of us. So who was she emulating? The Prophet When the Prophet went on the Mihraj, he remembered us. Even though he's in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khatija has done the same. So she said, he is a salam. 
Salam is from him. Peace be upon Jibreel because he's given me the salam. Then she said, Peace be upon all those who hear this salam. Meaning all of us, all her children. But then she goes, Illa shaitan. <laughs> because he's heard it, but no, no salam for him. <laughs> so look at how affectionate she was because she's our mother. The mothers you expect <laughs> to not forget their children. So she didn't forget us. She goes, she returned the salam because she wants us to also have some of that honor as well. Now what's touching? In the tashahud, it's exactly the same. All prayer and worship and goodness is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As-salamu alayka ayyuhal nabiyyu. Peace be upon you, O Prophet. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. Peace be upon us. And on the righteous servants of Allah. So what's going on? So this report is not in the hadith books. It's not sound. But it does flow with the, the, the text. The Prophet, we say, As-salamu alayka ayyuhal nabiyyu. Peace be upon you, O Prophet, and the mercy of Allah. So one report says, Allah Ta'ala has given him salam. Because obviously it's mihraj. What did Rasulullah say? As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. Peace be upon all the righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace be upon all the righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look how interesting. Allah Ta'ala gives the salam to Rasulullah. Who does he think of? He doesn't forget us. So the Prophet goes, Extend it, O my Lord, to all the righteous servants. Then you say, Ashru la ilaha illallah wahdu muhammadan abdu wa rasul. So note again. And also there's a report of the, the people of the heart. They go, Salat is the mihraj of the believer. It's not a hadith. It's a saying of the awliya. Salat is the mihraj of the believer. Rasulullah physically went on the mihraj. And he came back with the salat, sallallahu alayhi wa but Salat is our mihraj. Why? Like they say that we've got all these troubles and woodies in the world and they can be likened to dark clouds. So Salat is like a, you fly over the clouds. Right? You can temporarily go out of the troubles of the world. It's your mihraj. If you offer it properly. And then who wants to go back? You know, if you think about it, going back to what? Right? So note again, there's all these beautiful things the scholars have pointed out. And just to add, to finish, Khatija did this before the Mihraj. Because she passed away before Rasulullah went on the Mihraj. So you can't even use the argument, oh, she knew because Allah Ta'ala has given, no. So this shows her immense status. So that one hadith where Jibreel says, give her Allah Ta'ala salam, give her my salam, and she's got a palace waiting for her in paradise. You need so much commentary on that. And I've just touched the surface, you know, you can go on and on, but I want to just highlight why, because this shows her superior status. And notice Aisha didn't hide that. Our mother looked Khatija and she was very envious of her, but she didn't hide her status. So all I mentioned today was the unique honor for our dear and beloved mother, that the Lord of all the worlds gives salam to her. SubhanAllah. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi ismarka Allahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka atubu ilayka wa billahi minash shaitanir rajeem subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun subhanallahi rabbil mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal asr innal insana lafi khusr alladhina amanu wa amilus salihati wa nasbi alhaq wa ahsanu salihati